Welcome to Bite Size Games, the podcast where three middle-aged dudes discuss a game that can be completed in around 10 hours or less, because not everyone has time to spend 100 hours on just the first act of Baldur's Gate 3. Today, since it is October, and that means we are legally required to play a scary game, we'll be talking about Amnesia the Bunker, the latest pants-soiling installment of the Amnesia series. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my fellow gamer friends, Dennis and Phil. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, I have since changed my soiled pants. Good. Me as well. Um, so we're going to jump right into Amnesia really quick, but before we do, uh, I did have just one quick question for you guys. Since it is October once again, close to Halloween, if you could dress up as any video game character for Halloween, who would you go as and why? Any video game character? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question, and I think I need to think about it. Phil, you don't have an answer, do you? I think I got it. <laughs> All right, think Phil, it's here. I would go as the God of War himself, Kratos. Ooh. You know, like that is that. a good one. I think I could pull it off. I don't know if you're quite there. I know you go to the gym, but I'm not sure if you you're Kratos see, level. You see, the people, the people can't see what, what what's going on here. <laughs> You're okay. definitely you're you're definitely dad aged. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I could have like a, t- a ten year old son or something. That you're, you're the right age for it. Yeah, <laughs> bit more realistic God of War. How about you, Dennis? Jeez, um, should I give you? Really me? caught me off guard for that one. <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I would go as just to give you a little time. I would. Uh, uh, I think I would try to go as Sonic the Hedgehog just because I think it'd be really funny looking. I think it would just look ridiculous. Paint my face blue. Just spike your hair back. Spike my hair up. <laughs> put on some red shoes. <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, I think 10-year-old me would probably say Link. Oh. Um, because I always like Link, but I feel like uh, at this age, <laughs> I think I'm a little too old to be Link. Uh, maybe, maybe something like uh, Joel from The Last of Us. Okay, <laughs> it's more fitting. Yeah, that's a very regular. <laughs> it's like a regular person costume almost. I guess, yeah. Since every day I move through the post-apocalyptic world, just trying to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. And so, once again, we'll jump into Amnesia in just a second. But what other games have you guys been playing these days? How about you? Uh, you dash. Aside from any game that starts with the word amnesia, there's a one game I've been playing that I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, but I definitely recommend it. I think it's kind of under a lot of people's radars, but it's called The Case of the Golden Idol. Have you ever heard of that? It sounds familiar. Is it a point and click or anything like that? It's sort of a point and click game. Um, you definitely do a lot of pointing and clicking. It's like a deduction detective style game i guess the the closest comparison that i can think of is return of oberdin uh which is a has a similar mechanic except that's a a 3d first person style yeah Uh, this one is actually like 2d not necessarily static screens there's some slight animations to the screens but you basically kind of deduce what happened in a scene like there'll be a murder in a room, screen is frozen just after the murder happened, and you go through and look at the pe- all the people involved, check the items in their pockets, check what's on the floor, and try to find out what happened. There's another screen that you go to where you actually plug in words 
uh, almost like a like a Mad Libs or something, where you actually plug in names and words to de- to deduce what happened. Uh, really interesting game. I think it's from a European developer, and uh, the 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 graphic style is actually really ugly, but in a kind of cool way. Uh, I think it's an intentional ugliness. Wow, <laughs> actually. Sounds um, interesting. Cool soundtrack. It's a nice, nice game to kind of just unwind to, and um, you know, there's no time limits. Investigating or murders in your free time, yeah, sounds perfect. And then, yeah, and then each each murder, like or each and each level, if uh, for lack of a better term, they they all tie into some kind of overall story, and there's like twists uh, and you know, shocking reveals that that come out later in the game. Uh, so I've been playing actually the the latest DLC, which just came out I think a month ago. Um, it's the second DLC. The game came out earlier this year, though. I, I also, also potentially could be beat under ten hours, definitely. So uh, option, option recommendation, for us. recommendation. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about you, Phil? Uh, I think you guys know I've been playing the uh, the Lamplighters League quite a lot on Game Pass and. I'll just say, I mean, it's basically like a cross uh, between uh, Indiana Jones and XCOM. If you could imagine Interesting. that, like XCOM, I can with, like an Indiana that. Jones aesthetic. <laughs> um, and I went into it expecting to honestly hate it because it's been getting bad reviews. And it, on it from like an outward aesthetic type of thing, I don't really like that aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like the whole kind of Americana, like uh, aviator fifties, roaring fifties, or something like that type of thing. But um. But I just, I don't know. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected. Uh, I'm kind of getting near towards the end. So it's like I put enough time in it where it's kind of like, okay, I'm ready to finish it. But I still, I feel like for anyone who was like me thinking it, you've read a bad review and it looks like crap, I will say give it a try. I think it's a bit more charming than it seems to be. And it's more fun than it seems to be. How Um, bad are these reviews? How bad are we talking? Pretty bad. Apparently the studio, I just read like, like a, something online, I don't even think it was like an official article or something, but like they apparently lost like point like t- tons of you know twenty eight million dollars this game or something like that. Like they expected what? they expected this to be like the next XCOM, I guess, or something, and and uh, it just like between Game Pass and everyone's hating on the fact that it got a day one DLC character. Ah, uh, yeah, that's and the price is high. I will say that if you're not getting out on Game Pass, I think the asking the price is like sixty dollars, like a regular AAA title uh, game price, and it's not. So it could be getting review like bombed for game. for a couple of mishaps yeah. there. Sounds like they just made yeah, some it's a couple marketing type of right, mishaps and marketing. Yeah. But don't let it scare you away. If you're on Game Pass, totally give it a try. Interesting, interesting. Maybe I'll give that a shot. Yeah, no reason not to. Yeah. Well, I've been um, just as kind of an eye bleach sort of way of getting my mind out of the bunker. Uh, I've been playing Hi-Fi Rush a little bit for the first time which you know kind of made a big splash when it came out of nowhere i think last year um and that's been fun it's like a it's kind of like cell shaded it's really like like i don't know funny and you know edgy and sort of and silly quirky um action fighting game it's fun though um a lot of tutorials say that much but i'm enjoying it enough and it's a it's kind of a music game like you have to do everything to the beat um, and it's like, you know, it features a lot of, um, big rock band songs, I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm not that far into it. I just kind of use it as a way to wind down after playing the amnesia or amnesia, the bunker. 
Um, but I, I remember when when that came out, it was it was kind of a big deal because it was a secret drop. Yeah, yeah, it, was it, it came out of pretty nowhere. well it had, reviewed. It had no marketing, and people liked it. It was just a fun game, pretty simple. It was also that's also a short game. Today, though, what we are actually here to talk about isn't about fun, silly, bright games. It's about a very terrifyingly scary game. Uh, I'm talking about Amnesia the Bunker, uh, which is the latest survival horror title from Frictional Games, uh, the developers of uh, the Penumbra series, Soma, and of course Amnesia the Dark Descent, um, which when it came out in 2010 pretty much set a new standard for survival horror games in the bunker. You find yourself as a young French soldier in the terrifying trenches of World War I uh, in 1916. And just to give a little intro about the setting, basically, after saving your friend um, from certain death, uh, you're knocked out by an explosion, and then you wake up a few weeks later in a dark and dirty underground bunker um, to a really lovely situation uh, where you find that you have no memory of anything that happened since the explosion, otherwise known as amnesia, uh, you have, you are trapped in the bunker. There's no way to get out. Everyone else is dead. All your friends are dead. Um, and they were killed by some horrible monster that is now lurking in the walls. Uh, it was released in on June 6, 2023 for every platform except for the Switch. Uh, you don't want your kids or your grandma playing this game. It's definitely true. Um, so, Dennis and Phil, tell me how long it took you to beat Amnesia the Bunker, and what was your overall impression? Let's start with Dennis. So, this game took me about nine hours to complete, roughly. Um, I think a lot of that time was could be cut down if you know your way around the game, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of time spent discovering. So, first playthrough, I think nine hours is, is probably pretty average. The... The game itself, I loved this game. Um, huge fan right off the bat, I'm going to say that. Um, I thought this was like a master class in horror survival game mechanics. I, 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 I was freaked out a lot of the time while playing this game, but, but the amount of tension that this game builds and the ways that it does it, uh, which are also very different from pre- previous Amnesia games, uh, I think it, it's very unique in the way that it delivers those uh, those fearful fearful moments, definitely recommended. Nice, yeah, very positive uh, sounding review from you. Uh, and how about you, Phil? Um, I think it took me about eleven or twelve hours to beat. And the uh, yeah, like Dennis said, I think you could do it a lot faster once you know your way around. And basically, midway through the game, I changed the way I was playing the game, which I think had an effect on how I look at it. I kind of feel like it was like a day at work. Like I, it was neutral, very neutral about it. It was like, I, I was looking, you know, I never, I didn't like, like it particularly or dislike it. And I was looking forward to getting it done, like getting out of there, which is actually the, the point of the game in itself. So it's kind of like your whole goal is to escape. And I was looking forward to getting that happening. So that's how I kind of felt about it. And I constantly thought about Resident Evil while I played the game. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing either, but it constantly made me think about Resident Evil. Did it make you feel stressed 
while you're playing? Do you think that was one of the reasons why you felt like it was a day at work? Yeah, at first, I think for the first half of the game, I was kind of like stressed out and playing very, I think I approached the game at a very, I don't want to die, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to hoard my resources. Um, but midway, I was just playing it like, like a suicide runner. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, you're like, whatever, I'm just going to run down and I'll go into it later. But yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Very nice. All right. So a little bit less positive from you. Um, took me about eight hours, I think, to to finish this game. Um, I played it over the course of probably a week or so. And I could usually only play it in short bursts because it, it is really stressful. It was very scary. Um, and it felt like playing for 20 minutes felt like I was playing for an hour uh, just because how stressful it was. But basically... I felt very similar to Dennis. I thought this game was fantastic. I thought it was really just overall so well done. I have just only a few small complaints, but really absolutely an amazing experience. Terrifying. I don't want to play it again, but it was, you know, it's like unlike any other horror game I've played before. Okay, so let's jump into the gameplay. Uh, Dennis, why don't you give us a little introduction on that? So you already mentioned a little bit about, about uh, how this game functions and what your goal is, but uh, just to reiterate, your ultimate goal is to escape the bunker. There is a kind of a section, beginning section that acts as a tutorial where you're uh, outside of a bunker and you're moving through trenches. Uh, you ultimately end up inside of the bunker and... I would say even the first uh, maybe 15 minutes of the bunker section is also kind of tutorialized. But the uh, the main gameplay loop, you are essentially uh, based in an administrative office inside of the bunker. And you're basically doing like runs back and forth from this hub, this central hub. This, is, this acts as your like save location. Um, Everything's in first person, uh, like all of the Frictional Games games. And you essentially run out to different wings or sections of the bunker, searching for clues, notes, key codes, keys, uh, to essentially get out of the bunker. Like, uh, like Matt mentioned before, you need to blow a hole in the exit so that you can escape. Um, that's the basics of the gameplay. Of course, you are not alone. There is some kind of beast that is hunting people. For the most part, it's the only enemy in the game, but it's a formidable one that can't be killed. So anytime you're going out to any of these areas, any bit of sound that you make, uh, footsteps, knocking into cans or tables, anything like that, uh, will set off uh, or will trigger that beast to come looking for you. Uh, depending on how loud you're being. Um, light is a huge mechanic in this game, much like previous Amnesia games, where uh, basically you want to be in the light as much as, possi as, much as possible because uh, the beast does not like the light. It can still pop up with the lights on, but uh, for the most part, everything is safer when you're in the light. The problem with that is lights run on a generator. So this admin area that's going to be your base also has an adjacent room that has a generator in it. You need to keep the generator fueled in order to keep the lights on, but there's limited fuel in this bunker. 
So you kind of have to, uh, on top of inventory management, there's also this kind of resource management. Uh, it's like, I might need to get into this maintenance area, but it's a pretty big area. I don't know really well. Do I want to keep the lights on while I'm searching the area? Or do I want to go in there without lights and sneak around in the dark? Which is totally possible. Um, w one thing that's quite different in this game from the previous Amnesia games is that uh, there's no sanity meter or uh, fear meter or anything like that. So you actually could go through the entire game without using light as far as I know. Um, there's no penalty to moving around in the dark other than uh, the monster is more active in the dark and you're more vulnerable in the dark. And as a human, you are more scared. And it's also just <laughs> like... Dark. I was going to say the other thing is that when the lights are off, like when the generator is not running, you can't you can't see anything. It's like almost pitch black, and the, the whole the whole area. We could talk about it in the next session, but it's basically a maze, the whole bunker. I mean, there is um, there is a like a slight adjustment when you go out into the dark, where your yeah it seems like your eyes adjust yeah. slightly, but you basically need to be right up next to things. Like if you want to look at a shelf or a table, you need to be very close to be able to make out what's on it yeah it's not like it's not when the lights are off it's not like you literally can't see anything you can see just like a couple feet in front of you essentially that's about it but because of the limited fuel there are going to be times where you're rummaging through the dark and you don't want to waste it uh all in the beginning and then have the tail end of the game in the dark how often did you go out without turning the generator on did you do it like super often or were you pretty much turning it on every time? Because for me, I turned it on basically every time. There was like maybe one or two when I knew I was only going out to the lockers to grab an item and come back. Um, but if I was going to go anywhere else, essentially, I would always keep that, try to keep the light on. Because it scared the um, hell out of me. There were, anytime I, I went to an area that I had already been in, I basically left the generator off. Wow. Um, if I If I knew the the area well enough to like if i knew where i wanted to go if i was doing like full-on exploring i would usually keep the generator on um but once i knew an area uh i would most of the time leave it off even the even when How you went further away from the administration office like into the further sections you would yeah, still yeah like i i did uh a lot of the maintenance area i did um I did without the generator on, but uh, that that brings me uh, to another point that there's like I guess there's like there's the maintenance area, there's the soldiers' quarters, then the arsenal and the prison. Those are the main uh, areas that you move away from outside of the central hub of that admin office. So you can kind of tackle those areas in any order that you that you want. Um, because you don't you don't know exactly what you're going to need uh, in order to get the materials you need to to blow the hole to get out of the the bunker. So uh, w one of the things I wanted to bring up was that th this game, unlike previous Amnesia games, is is more of a an immersive sim style game where you can kind of tackle things in your own in your own way. Uh, and I think you know each playthrough each person's playthrough is going to be slightly different and I'm, I'm curious to see how ours differ and which order we did things in and there's even a um a randomization in the game where a lot of the resources are 
at resources as well as uh, some locker combinations are randomly the traps generated. are also different yeah, traps, traps yeah. as well so those things are randomly generated um randomly placed on each playthrough so um so you, that doesn't cr- increase uh replay value if you if you've got the guts <laughs> yeah right and like they tell you that when you finish the game like you should come back and you should go back in and like hell no i don't immediately uninstall the game but there's there's a lot of content that you don't have to see in this game it's i think you know it's obviously a lot less it's not linear at all um you're not walking down it's not a hallway simulator walking down and you just have one place to go and then the next place to go and then the next place to go it's like go out come back plan your next route go out come back um trying to pick up resources along the way if you can find them and making sure you can you know keep the lights on um which I loved. I thought it was, it, you know, it really adds to the tension, um, especially like, I don't know, I call this like the kind of the main thing. Um, although I ended up not really using it in the end, but the the noisy flashlight that you carry that you have to like pull string to add, but it makes a lot of noise. So when the lights are off, you have a, a, a light, a flashlight that you can carry around. Um, but to make it light up, you have to like it's like old school. I don't even know. If, I mean, it must be based on some kind of real thing that existed. They do exist. Yeah, right. you can you can go on eBay and buy one now if you want. Yeah, so you can pull out of it. It makes noise, and it's actually it's really not that powerful. Um, but it does it's give, called a trench a trench light or a trench wow. flashlight. It's so it's so cool that they they use that stuff from like real history. I think they've always done that, as far as I'm aware. Like the amnesia games, like they use. I know the first one at least. The story had a lot to do with. Um, like old torture devices and things like that. Um, well, this one has like the you know the twen- trench warfare stuff, um, and like the gun. Uh, you know, you have the gun and the the flashlight, and the gun's almost always empty. Um, I thought one of the funny things was that, you know, you're in World War One, you're in a bunker, and the only gun you can find is a pistol, and the the only ammo you can find is one bullet in every single box of bullets that you come by which is a little bit strange <laughs> for wartime. Like, you'd feel there'd be rifles and plenty of ammo and everything like that. Um, so that was just kind of funny. I, but I it made sense. I mean, it it time, made sense so. for the for the sake of the game. Like, if you had that... It's very you, video yes. very video gamey. Right, exactly. <laughs> for yeah. a game, but not for a military right. bunker. So, you, But you're saying you there's had a, fil- there's yeah. a issue with that, Phil? <laughs> yeah, I did have an issue with that. I mean, it's not like... I had, like, like the realism about it, you mean? It's like, okay, like I told you, you know, finding a box of bullets and there's one bullet. Like, what is this? I mean, I would have liked maybe if it was like a box of bullets with six bullets, but you only find a box very yeah. rarely. Maybe that's there's almost just no ammo like in that this game. Or... I think, and there is a shot, or sorry, should we talk about, I guess, I mean, it's pretty obvious that you get a well, shotgun at some point in the game. Or there's a shotgun that exists in the game because you find the shotgun shells optional, yeah. throughout. Is that okay to talk about, you think? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's not a it's not a huge spoiler yeah. that there's a shotgun, and it's not very useful anyway because especially with how late you get it, you get it. Well, you can you yeah, can, I got you it can at get like it. The end. Can, I think you can get it somewhat early. Oh no, you actually you have to do a lot, I guess, to get there. But yeah, I also got it at the end. But it's just funny because there's like only three shotgun shells I think in the entire game. At least that's all I found. I only had three shots. I think I thing. only had three or four, maybe. Yeah. The gun was a bit, the but that could be randomized more. too. Yeah. There might have been more on some other someone else's playthrough. That's just funny. Um, when you get into the arsenal of the bunker, and I was like, okay, now I'm gonna get like this, the Rambo right now and get all this stuff and um, tons of bullets, and I'm just gonna come back out and just gun this thing down left and right. And it was like, no, I don't think I found a single bullet in that bunk in that um, arsenal area. Actually, 
I had that expectation like that. too that I'd at least find a few bullets <laughs> scattered around, but no, yeah. just just a, like, just a one 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 group of dynamite and that's it. Right. This will lightly, very nicely I placed on the table. It's. I think what, and there's also we. I don't think we we haven't brought this up yet, but there's also a crafting mechanic in this game where you can use you can find different things and using those things you can make other things <laughs> crafting mechanics so if you find a stick and a piece of cloth you can make a torch or if you find a, uh, a bottle with alcohol in it or fuel in it you can put the torch you can put the cloth in that and create a Molotov cocktail or petrol bomb um, or add your own fuel to the bottle if or you yeah want. if you want to add if you want to yeah. use your fuel to make that you could do that um, you can also use the bottles or, to what do you, refill what do you your what, fuel what you do in, in the in the room you can go fill them up. There's a there's a fuel room where you can. It's hard to get to, but you can fill them up and bring those back. Actually, I did that once, like where I just took like ten bottles or as many bottles as I could carry from the wine cellar and brought them all to the the fuel tank room and then just filled them up. And then I didn't even put them in the storage box. I just dropped them on the ground in my fuel room. So I just had like unlimited fuel at some point, kind of. I didn't didn't know you could do that until after I finished the game, uh, and I did some research. I had no idea that you could use the wine bottles to fill the the generator. Um, so I, I mean, I, I didn't knew use... something was up. There were so many bottles in the game at some point. I thought I those like, were. So I bottles? thought that was so you could use bottles. them as distractions, right? Like right. Smashing them. Uh, but I can you throw them or something? I barely used the. Uh, so there, yeah, there's a there's one room in the near the arsenal area where you can there's like a i think it's an unlimited fuel source it's a big tank i think that's that in can, it's in maintenance not in arsenal is that maintenance yeah next to the okay, chapel man. yeah okay yeah either way there's yeah there's one room where you can fill up it has like a fuel a large fuel tank but the only thing you can use on it is bottles you can just put usually when you find fuel they're in like what are those called like gas canisters those large gas canisters and you use that to fill up your 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 fuel and the generator, but you can actually use the bottles too um, in that room to fill up your. God, I'm saying this horribly. You can fill up the bottles with gas in that room and bring it back to your generator as well. You know, I think this is why it took me so long. I spent a large part of this game um, relying on that torch light and not using. I was just hoarding stuff. You know, I was like, okay, I got my grenade. I got. I'm getting one bullet at a time. So I'm like, I got these bullets keep my grenades i need to keep my fuel tanks and then i didn't even realize that the inventory would get full until it got full and i had just hoarded all the stuff i had were you keeping the lights on yeah and no i was just using almost wow. the torch the entire time i think i used the, the the gas like the first time you get the gas thing and then i just didn't use it for like the what? rest of the game until i realized that there were points where you need to actually but turn there's on the so generator. i mean you do find a lot of fuel like it's pretty i mean at least i did I generally had enough fuel most right. of my playthrough, but like I said, I was being pretty conservative with it in the beginning. And I basically tried to have the fuel on always. So we've already mentioned there's a there's a revolver, there's a shotgun, bo- Molotovs, um, a flashlight. There's a lighter as well. You could kind of use that for a source of light. I don't know if you ever tried that. It wasn't very useful. Yeah. Um, and there's also frag grenades and gas grenades. Uh, I had so many game. frag grenades at the end. I had like 10. I I used all of my frag grenades because uh, I was breaching doors with them left wow. and right. I was 
My problem with the um, grenades is that like almost every time I used it, I would then have to wait like a minute for the, I would have to go hide because, you know, it makes that much noise. The monster oh, because would come that out. immediately makes the monster. And then you have to go, I hated that. But it was, I mean, it made sense. Well, that's the choice you make. Like if you're right. going to breach with a grenade or your gun, you know right, you're bringing exactly. a monster that's out. What, I like that. I love that part about it. And, and also that the, like these are weapons you hear in a video game that you have gas grenade, frag grenade, shotgun, revolver. You think weapons, but these are not weapons. These are tools. Like these are keys right? to doors. Yeah, they're, they're basically <laughs> better. U- they're better used for opening a door <laughs> than they are for fighting. Because uh, be- your best bet is that you're gonna maybe scare the monster away, right? But, um, or distract a monster. Yeah. But it, yeah, it basically. They basically have other functions, multi-function. For me, like I only use the the rub the the pistol on the monster like at the beginning of the game, like the first few times I was getting attacked. But it was just like using up my ammo, and it really wasn't doing much other than just scaring him away. Which is which I just realized it's much more effective to just hide, don't engage it at all, try to avoid it completely, and then save your bullets for when you need to shoot a, a lock off a door or you know blow up a a trap or something like that i was gonna say i was gonna say i didn't know you can shoot the monster and make him run away for it for like i don't know and so how long it took me to realize that because i was like ah, <laughs> i just run away and then like then i think there's a one point where i just could not um avoid him or something I, like i he just kept popping up so i realized you can shoot him and he runs away so i didn't even he doesn't always do run away takes a couple yeah. bullets though yeah, i've right. had him run away with yeah, one shot but usually it took me two or three right. to get him to run away. right which is why which, I and like three bullets is like a third of the bullets in the game yeah yeah so <laughs> i think yeah. one other thing i want to mention about the gun and the bullets is that the reloading mechanic is so cool like you have to it's one of those games where it doesn't tell you how much ammo you have in the gun you have to like hold r you know it's very realistic I hated that I loved reload it. I mechanic. It was fantastic. I loathed it. How many times I, I died? How many times I thought I had ammo? Because you look at your revolver, you see like five shells. I'm like, all right, bring it on, baby. And I'm like, oh, click, 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 click. And I'm like, you have oh, to hold... wait a minute. Did right, it empty it out my out empty empties. shells and, and re-put <laughs> them in? And 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 they, and they make it so clunky. You got to press like R2, hold X, then press, press R2 again. Whoa, 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 wait, hold on. Were you playing with the controller? This game is meant. <laughs> who this is game not is absolutely meant to be played with a mouse and keyboard. So, I'm here to represent people who play with controllers. So, this those experience. People, those people need representation. <laughs> God bless their okay. souls. Some of us are older <laughs> than you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't hate on the. People I have who a use feeling that's <laughs> one reason why this game was probably more frustrating or not as enjoyable for you because I I think it's really built around using a mouse and keyboard. I think ever since Amnesia: The Dark Descent, they're really focused on mouse and keyboard. That's something else I wanted to bring up. This, you, you know, everything is very heavily physics based. So, you know, you can move items around on a table, like push boxes right. around, but everything has a weight to it. Mm. Think like, uh, like, like Half Life. Right, exactly. Uh, in the same way that you can move things around. Yeah. Um, and there are several instances where you do have to move things around and like while you're getting chased um, and you have to like move a heavy box and like get on or, top of or it and run move away. something that you know is going to make noise right and yeah, you're yeah. like just ever so slowly sliding it and you're like ah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna hear me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i to just to explain the reloading mechanic really quick it's just you have to hold down a button and then your revolve it's a re- revolver not like a pistol so um it 
the the revolving parts the revolver pops out i don't know what's called the chamber or something like that it like pops out and you can see how many shells are in there if you have any empties that you've already shot he'll empty it out at that point but he won't do that beforehand and that's the only way to see how much ammo you have and then when you do that that's when you can reload you click your mouse button to while you're holding holding down r to put uh, a new bullet in while you're doing that it's the same thing for the shotgun but i just really liked it i know other games have done that but it's it was just a, such a fantastic way to add more tension. It just slows everything down. Like you're just really uh, vulnerable when you do that thing. And so if you're in a tight situation, like Phil said, you're not going to do well. It makes you more conscious of it. At least for me, it did. I, I If I was going to have my gun equipped, you know, in case something went down, I would make sure and check to see that it was loaded and ready to go before I entered an area of danger or something like that. Mm, yeah. I think re- related to that, I think one of the, I think I maybe mentioned it. I think one of the things, the main like kind of mechanics that you learn in this game is that you really need to plan what you do uh, before you do it. Um, at least that's the way to survive. Um, if you just go out willy nilly, not knowing what you're doing and just running around in circles, which is very easy to do because it's very maze like, you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, you have this map in the in the central room. You can study it. You can look at where things are, where rooms are. You have to collect different maps in different parts. But um, I really like that, how tactical it was and how much you had to think about what you were going to do. I I actually... You don't disagree. like that? Or what, what part do you disagree with? I mean, I agree. And I was playing it like that to begin with. But I think it's kind of like the way the game was designed with that central hub kind of encouraged me to just run out see what's out there die figure out what i need and just go out there again well yeah so that's i think it's a combo it's like yeah you have of course when you go somewhere that you've never been before you're not going to know what you're doing no matter what like you can't plan ahead for that so you have to go somewhere first and explore a little bit but once you get killed you know that's that's part of the experience it's kind of like dark soulsy in a sense in that way where you're expected to die you're expected or or you know go back um, and, and kind of learn, use what you learned on that last trip in order to improve uh, your performance on the next one. Yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is once I started realizing I could play this way, it really took a lot of the tension away. I was just like, okay, I could just, I'll just run down this area. I don't know what's there. I don't know what I need to carry because a lot of times you don't know if you need your wrench or your torch or whatever. So then once I get there and realize, okay, I actually need this, this, or that, and or, you know, I don't need extra bandages or this, I just die or reload and then just go with the perfect setup to get that stuff come back and so kind of like i accelerated so much the last few hours of my play than like the first because i was playing very careful blah 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 blah. and in the end i was just like all right just run over there see what's over there pick it up come back or die and pick it up again so like back. yeah they want you to, i think that's the what you're getting at like they, they want you to play tactically but it's actually easier if you don't like it's easier if you just kind of run in willy-nilly and learn and then reset i kind of cheesed the game at one point i think this is kind of similar to what phil is saying um so like i said there are randomized resources one of the things that's also randomized is locker codes and uh, there's a few key items that you need to get out of uh, some lockers and the codes change every playthrough and you need to find those codes on the back of dead soldier dog tags and those since those codes are different every time uh your character will find them and write them down in his notes but if you die uh after getting one of the codes it won't be in your notes 
when you when you come back to your last save. So I was I was writing down the codes in a notebook uh, every time I found one because uh, there was one particular area where there was a, there was a lot of dead soldier dog tags to collect and to go through each time and Make collect attack. all of them and then die and then lose all of that information from my notes became tedious so i ended up just writing them down yeah and then at one point like i didn't really need to go into that area anymore because i had all the codes written down on my notes and i i said cheesing i don't think it's really cheesing necessarily i think taking notes in a game is a good thing but yeah um, the only thing that you I don't can't think do that with is like key like items you can't like right key items you can't do that but for that particular right section um I was able and I was able to re- reduce how much time I spent in that area just by having the answers already, basically. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely a way to get through it. But yeah, okay, so you weren't a big fan of it then, Phil? That I mean, just that saying kind of, like that. Like once I realized, I once I knew how the monster kind of operated more. Like it took me a while to kind of figure out when he comes specifically it was much more of a mystery in the beginning i was just like oh you know like we're you know looking to my left looking to my right he sounds like he's behind you or in front of you and you just don't know and but once i kind of realized exactly when he shows up i was really able to just kind of like okay until he shows up i kind of do whatever i want and just run around and uh and even if he does show up i can keep running around uh this did you find the game scary did you well like i said up until that point once i started playing this way it was not scary anymore because it was more of like a just kind of like a uh inconvenience kind of more than <laughs> the actual fear anymore um i wasn't really scared of the monster i just like, it's like i know he's gonna come when i do this so so it's interesting do you think that you enjoyed the game less when you started playing differently it was definitely more of an experience when i wasn't well very aware of the mechanics i think you know? but you just knew yeah okay interesting so it was more it of like an like atmospheric a... experience for an app than after oh one thing that i did find annoying myself were i thought rats the... i was just about to say that <laughs> i think I, no, I mean the rats are there to be annoying and i think they served a purpose that that purpose of being annoying i did think that they were a little bit overpowered and i think they were like there are some places where there are too many of them that got really frustrating. Um, like the tunnel, the tunnel in the maintenance area, if you know what I'm talking about. Aggressive, very aggressive. Yeah, and well, they can yeah, kill that, you. I think that the tunnel in the maintenance area was an intentional like wall right. that was put there. Right. That, but it's like, and you can't even, oh, it's frustrated. That part was really frustrating. But I think by that point, by the, the point I got to the rats in the, in the tunnel, I was already like, Okay, I know what I need to do in order to get through this. I think I but hadn't realized it that it was point. more the it was more the rats that I had run into in like an area that I'd be going back and forth through. Mm. Like they'd be on like a, in a hallway that I was using or in a corner, and I I kept trying to like run past them or jump over them. <laughs> Still, dip um, your legs. I think I didn't realize that if you or maybe I hadn't found the note yet that tells you that if you burn the bodies, they stop. Right, they don't uh, come back. Yeah, they. They move away from it so i was just maybe i would scare them away or something but they, they kept coming back so they were a nuisance for me this is why it's important to read your notes kids always leave a note yep always read them <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that was weird to me though because like at the beginning regarding the rats 
at the beginning of the game, at least for me, I got a piece of meat, um, which you can use to lure rats away from something. Um, like a piece of raw meat. But it was the, I, yeah, it was I, the only I piece well. I found in the entire game. Did you guys have more? I only had one, and I used I had it once. Three, so. I think about three pieces of meat. Oh, wow. I'm jealous because I was like, where's the hell's the meat? I found two at the end. Oh, at the end. Basically, basically like I think when you get the shotgun. I never found them that useful. I found them really useful because they're completely silent. They're a completely silent way of making the rats go away. Um, like you don't have to use a flare or not flare. Uh, yeah, you don't get have to use a flare. You don't have to use the a tor- petrol bomb. torch. Was torch was silent. That's true. The torch was the torch. silent, but you have to use a cloth and a stick and a lighter to, get, torch, to use that. They hiss when they go away. They're like you know hiss and make noise. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that does make yeah. noise. Yeah, but it's also um, for me like for most of the game I didn't have I didn't have the lighter. Um, I didn't get it pretty early in, until much later in the game. So like I didn't and I had these sticks. I didn't know what to do with them. So yeah, I, I I just wish there had been more. You would think you'd be able to to slap the rats around with the stick? That would have been nice. Slap the rats. <laughs> All right, so I think that covers the gameplay. Um, let's see what we thought about the level design, and this game has puzzles as well. So, Phil, why don't you? Give us a little intro on the level design and the puzzles yeah. here. So the level design, the level design. I mean, we kind of gone over it a bit with the gameplay discussion, but um, essentially there are, you know, different items that are scattered throughout this bunker in different rooms, like such as the barracks or the administration room or the med, med bay or whatever, med, medical hall or something like that. So you need to kind of get items from point A uh, to get to like a next area. And you're basically constantly going back and forth getting these items and for the most part which is something i wasn't really too fond of is that everything almost everything that you need is in this one locker room so you kind of constantly go back and forth getting different locker codes and that's kind of the main point of the puzzles perhaps finding these locker codes um and finding a way to either get the bodies that have these uh dog tags on them that have the locker codes on them um, and getting those dog tags require you to use a certain tool or something, either your torch to get rid of rats or your wrench to, to open up a vent or, yeah, grenades or guns to open up locked doors or keypads or something like that or getting keys as well. So that's the most, the the bulk of the puzzles are kind of like, um, I think not until like towards the end do you really kind of touch on like something a, few, a little bit elevated as far as like turning the power on to get the radio communication code or something like that. Right. So yeah, but that's kind of the main the main bulk of the puzzle. Right. Most of the puzzles are more like practical, right. real world based kind of. Not like find the tiger ruby gem to put into the eye to right. open up like the Resident Evil secret style. passage. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's not like you're moving. Yeah. Things like pointing to be stones around and stuff like that. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. The I puzzles just were simple. Been, basically, they're yeah. simple. Even though I am kind of shitting on it myself personally, I do kind of like that most of the puzzles weren't like too abstract. It's not like, oh, yeah. just like no, a random. It. It's a very it's like funny. practical. It makes sense. You can kind of mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. what you need to do without, you know, something's locked behind a vent- ventilation crate. You you find a wrench, you realize I can use this wrench. It's not like random puzzles for puzzle's sake. M- mostly. There, there, were, there were a few yeah. like 
parts where I was kind of shaking my head, like, come on, really? I think it was in the arsenal when you have to go and collect the dynamite. How like it's like a maze. <laughs> oh my you, gosh. You 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 walk up to it and it's like this gleaming, shining diamond of dynamite in in view right in front of you and it's like behind bars (laughs) but you have to go you have to go through this way and go around like this snake-like tunnel of shelves that are knocked over and barrels and And so many traps (laughs) so many traps (laughs) traps. (laughs) it's ridiculous and it's like how did how did this get like this? Yeah, right. Yeah, I felt the same way about that area. That's that's the part that I found the most frustrating for me. So I think this is where we can kind of talk about what order did we do things. So this, this whole you know the whole bunker is a big maze, and there's these different sections, and you can hit each section in, in whatever order you kind of want to. But it guides you in some cases. Like it, there's some notes that you can find that tell you what to do or like where you need to go to find certain things. Those areas are kind of, I think we went over some of them already, but the the maintenance area, the arsenal, soldier quarters, prison, and then I guess the office quarters, which is kind of connected to the maintenance area, but the, and the central area you're in where the admin office is, that's the central bunker. Um, so everything spiders out from the central bunker admin office uh, in, in different directions. So the way that I tackled it, I found when you first get in, there's a note that says, you know, you have to blow up the door, you have to blow up the end exit, you need to get dynamite, dynamite, and the crank or the you know the push thing um, to set it off. And you know, the the dynamite is in the arsenal, the crank is in the tunnels. So I was like, fuck the tunnels, that sounds awful. I'm gonna go for the dynamite, and then like to get the dynamite, you have to get the crank that works. So you have to find that. Anyway, um, so basically the first thing I did was get the crank, open up open up all the doors with the crank for the emergency lockdown, and then I got went straight to the arsenal to find the dynamite. And this time, at this time, I had no key items, really. I had no wrench. I had no bolt cutters. I had no lighter. Um, and then I get to the, the arsenal, because this is basically, for me, this is where the game had guided me to go, because, like, you need to get the dynamite. Um, but... That section was almost, it was basically impossible without the bolt cutters um, or anything else. Like, I had so much trouble because there's so many traps there. There's just bombs and everywhere, and there's there's rats. Uh, you and, could like, just jump over all those traps, though, right? That's the thing. Well, so I didn't realize that. <laughs> I tried once or twice <laughs> to jump over the, the bomb, like the traps, but every time I tripped it, I think it was just because I had bad timing. It's um, because I you don't have a controller. So, you need a controller. Yeah, maybe. But it... I had no trouble on, with my <laughs> keyboard jumping. <laughs> I I will note one one thing I did often was like anytime I did something that felt important or grabbed an item that felt important, I would save gun it name. back to the <laughs> right. save, save, save point name. room and like <laughs> like full sprint run back <laughs> there exactly and save. I <laughs> yeah, I tried to well, do well, that. Speak, I... I was gonna say speaking of which, that's how I got into a death loop. I, he was ch- the monster was chasing me at some point. And I thought, I don't know why, but I thought like that room, he just can't come in or like. He can. It just, once you save it, it's just like, he's just got to be gone or something. I got killed once by him uh, while I was in the admin office. Yeah. He came in and I hit the save thing as he was like about to attack me and it saves it like a snapshot. Yeah. So I kept reloading and it kept killing me. You can close the door and, and bolt it. After I died that one time, I, I made sure to close the door properly and bolted every time and it never happened again but uh i, I don't know that, l- later on in the game though there's a 
there's a hole that opens up in that save room. Like really? he burrowed into that room. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty late game, but you'll you'll find that there's a there's one of his tunnels opens up inside there. Oh man, did you guys not discover any of the other save points? Because I read after are like several save points. I think Just it's one. I think it's um on easy mode there are, are a lot more save points. If you play it on normal, there's only the one or maybe two. I found one. No, no, there's one when uh, you go to the tunnels. Um, one extra one. Yeah, that's that's the one that I found. Yeah. But I actually, I kind of assumed that there were no other save points. When I got that one, I was like, oh, I wonder if there were other save points that I missed that I just wasn't paying attention to. Yeah, I think on I've heard that on easy, there's a lot of save points. And then on medium or the normal, it's just the one in the administration office and it's the one in the tunnels. And then on hard, there's only the one in the administration office, and that's it. So let's jump on over to the vibe, where we talk about sound design, um, the visuals, music, things like this. Basically, there's no... There's essentially no music. Um, I would say there's like some type thing that's I like music that plays when the monster when you see the monster. I think it's the same music that that plays when you ambient in, music. Yeah, and when you in Amnesia: Dark Descent, it's like like that, um, like scary music, like high string violin thing. Um, but outside of that, the game is almost completely silent when it comes to like ambience uh, and music. But it has tons of really um, scary noises. Obviously, the monster has a wide variety of noises that it can hit you with. Um, you can also one thing that I really liked that it really scared the hell out of me the first time it happened. But like, you can hear the bombs dropping above you. Like the war is still raging above you while you're in this bunker, and then like the bombs will drop, drop, and like this huge like rumbling sound. It shakes the whole bunker. Like dust will fall down in front of you, and then sometimes you can hear gunfire things like that going off on outside. So basically, you know, you it, it, you feel so helpless. You're basically in this hellish bunker, but you know there's another hell out just outside. And it's just like, you know, well, there's nothing, there's nothing great good about this situation. Um, the visuals were fine. I thought it looked good. Like the game, I think they, you know, they're using a new um, engine compared to like the original Amnesia. So there's improved visuals. Um as but, far as I know, it's the same engine the from same? Amnesia Rebirth. A Rebirth. Oh, okay. From Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. Which came out, I think, in 2020 mm. or 2019. I like to. Uh, yeah. It seems it, to be the same one. Yeah. It looks good. You know, has nice shadows. The lighting is obviously really well done. They put a lot of focus on that. Um, the sound design of like the guns and the grenades going off was great. Like when you put, when you throw a grenade and it goes off, you have like rigging in your ears for a bit. Uh, so you can't really hear what's going on. You don't know if the monster's coming out or it's anywhere near you. Same thing with the gun. Um, it kind of disorients you for a bit. So in general, I thought the vibe, I think for horror games and, for, you know, for just for horror things in general, like including movies, I feel like sound design um, is so crucial and so important. I feel like it adds a lot, um, even more than the visuals in some cases. It adds a lot to the tension and to the fear. And I think they absolutely nailed it with this game. But what did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I actually think, I mean, the lack of music is what really helps make it so, you know, potentially creepy or scary when you just hear, like, the noises. 
the creeping up of the monster. Like I said, like so many times, and you know the monster's nearby, and you can, you know, depending on your audio setup, you can hear it to your left or your right, or or just like really, you know, somewhere nearby. So, uh, yeah, I felt like that part I have no issues with. I thought it was really well done, dude. The the <laughs> when you when you mentioned that there there were so many times where I was like crouched under a bed or like hiding in a closet for maybe a good like five minutes just <laughs> complete darkness just listening trying to guess like where's the monster is he to the right is he, is he in front of me is he behind me like so like even closing my eyes a bit just kind of like really focusing <laughs> on where is the sound coming from and that's a really cool um a really cool vibe to have in a game that, absolutely you know, how important the sound design is that you can just be sitting there focusing on little tiny sounds yeah what kind of sounds is he making oh did he smash a door open right is that what he did or did he smash through a shelf or maybe he went back into a hole right. or one of the things you'll try to do is is try to figure out his systems right like what does what does this mean if I hear him make this sound, does that mean that he left the room right. or he's moved up to a different level or not a different area? So, um, yeah, so sound was so important. Yeah. But I I, I think visuals take a backseat in this case. Yeah, <laughs> I think the visuals are not as important um, even. I mean, the monster design was fine. Um, I don't, it was fine. I mean, we'll talk about a little bit about this monster when we get to the story. I think, I think it looked fine. But I think one of the other things that I noticed... Because like you said, the, the monster kind of has tells um, about what he's doing um, very intentionally. And one of them was when he's nearby, the lights flicker on and off. Um, mm -hmm. And when he, yeah. when he, like, as long as the generator's on, at least, um, the lights will flicker on and off telling you that he's in the area. And then when he leaves, he also, it's one of the funny things is that he, when he, when he comes out and you hide and the flight lights are flickering, he walks around, he doesn't find you if you hide successfully. He'll like yell out, like give a yell. He like screams like, Ah, before he goes back into his hole, it feels like he's. I did catch that. He gives yeah. like a yell of okay, frustration. Wait a, minute, guys, wait a minute, you can hide from this monster. Of course, yeah. <laughs> interesting, but not always successfully. No, like, yeah. well, I, 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 I beat it without never hiding from this. You guy, never so. hit. Like every time he got out, oh, I just thought like when I he comes out, plenty of times. run or or shoot him, and make him go away. It's what? Just, so like, you never? I would run and like, I would just run away. Yeah, like really quick, like somewhere. sprint away. Yeah, just burn away. No. Oh, that's interesting. And if he was like somewhere I couldn't like get away, then I was forced to You're, yeah, bring the gun out. I did shoot. it all the time. Hiding is I'm one hiding. of the main mechanics of the amnesia games. <laughs> no, it it makes it kind of makes sense because it seems like a lot of it is like closets like you can get in or something. Yeah. Like yeah, that's what they're like, oh, oh. There's nothing in here. It it is it is a very common mechanic in amnesia games, but I think in this game you're more punished for hiding than you are in others because I think there's you're less safe hiding in this game compared to others. Mm, interesting. Uh, and I think it has to do with proximity and, you know, is the, is the monster just doing like a scout? Right. Or is he, is he there because he heard you? Right. Right. Uh, so if you like make a noise and then climb into a closet in a room, I think he'll find you in that closet. Uh, there was times where he found me when I was under a table or under a bed. Yeah, I, I got found under the table sometimes, but I definitely spent most of my time hiding, which is, so it's really funny, Phil, that you say you like never hid. So basically every time the monster would come out, you'd either engage him or like completely just run away. Just run off, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, but see, it seems like both of you guys have played these other games and knew about this hiding mechanic. I didn't really i mean i kind of considered maybe i could hide it a couple times but i was like nah, that's like, funny interesting maybe this fucks it up so when he shows like, up that's another thing me. with the guidance 
that I feel like maybe if you felt that way, but I mean, you were reading the notes <laughs> to be honest, but again, like reading the notes, they didn't actually say anything like you could hide from it. All it says is like, if you shoot it, it might run away. Um, I think that kind of, a lot of that gameplay advice came from loading screens. There was uh, some comments or quotes where they would talk about a lot of the, a lot of the things they would mention were talking specifically about like war tactics, right? Right. you know, dealing with enemy soldiers. But I think, they were obviously referring to how to play the game. Uh, I do think, yeah, having played the other games definitely gives you a, a leg up, but this is still mechanically quite different than the previous game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's jump into the story then uh this is going to contain obviously story spoilers basically as i said you're you know your french soldier uh you, you save your friend who's a you know another young french soldier uh you come back you get knocked out you wake up Lam- Lam- lambert lambert so yeah as... you're his name is augustine uh, lambert and your name is clement was it yes yeah Clement. i'll just call henri henri clement okay i'll say henri and Clambert. so henri is who you play and clement is your friend and these are no, both henri clement is the main uh, oh sorry augustine augustine yeah henri augustine and lambert augustine. is your friend yeah so henri is who you are playing as a lot of french <laughs> yeah and 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 augustine is your friend um and augustine is a very important character in this um, and then there's everyone else in the bunker um, who you don't really know who they are. You have no uh, context of who they are, but basically they're all the people, like the soldiers and the sergeant, you know, and, you know, whatever else. Um, and it seems like there's at least like a dozen people, other people there or that were there before you um, wake up and everyone's gone or dead. Um, so basically the story is that um, they're digging these this bunker in order to, you know, they're trying to, get behind like the German lines by digging underneath them essentially uh, and they find when they're digging they find these Roman tunnels that like they look or they think that the Roman these ancient Roman tunnels from you know way back in the day um, and then they blow it open to get in there and then suddenly all the soldiers start you know hearing things and there's a lot of you know scary shit going on and now like morale takes an absolute nosedive but the high command is like no you must keep going in there and digging to get behind the german lines so we can surprise attack them and they basically a group of the soldiers there they sabotage it they decide to you know fuck this we're hearing monsters we're hearing voices some of us are going crazy there's obviously something evil here one of them finds like some texts that with like latin in them that they're reading and they find out like it's in a really it's like a place of religious cult um like a satanic or, or pagan cult ritual stuff was hanging happening there uh with like blood orgies and all this fucked up stuff uh so a group of the soldiers um blow it closed and you know they get reprimanded by the people above uh, one of them actually gets trapped in there jumping back to the beginning of the game you save augustine um your friend and when you do that, you this is actually kind of weirdly not obvious, but you give him water that you find in like a puddle that he's lying in. You sh- it does show you feeding him water, but it doesn't really show you that you got it from the puddle, but apparently you did. 
Um, and apparently that puddle and where he's I think lying that that's alluded to from the, so I re I replayed the beginning of the game actually today. And, uh, that's alluded to through the sound design. Oh, okay. Right. Cause, cause I, cause I remember reading about what happened in the notes at the beginning of the game, like reading notes about what you experienced in the beginning. Of right. The game. Right. So I right. wanted to go back oh, and, and re- play the beginning and, of the game to see it. if it matched up mm-hmm. and how it, how I measured up mm. to what was written in the notes. Right. And yeah, this time it, it kind of brought things into context a little more. Yeah. That's the thing is like the first time you play through it, it can be confusing because you find all these notes in random order. Um, and they're all from different perspectives of everyone who was down there. Um, and so it's just, it can be a little bit disorienting. Some of them are helpful notes about where to find things. And some of them are just purely story. Uh, but they're like, like I said, they come in different orders. Anyway, um, when you find your friend Augustine and you go to save him at the very start of the game, you feed him, you give him some water to, to feel better. Um, that water turns out to be like superpower, turn a mortal demon water that's leaking out of this this Roman tunnels, which don't actually turn out to be Roman. Like I said, they're, they're like even further back. They're like ancient. Um, there's like some magic water in there. <laughs> it's like coming out from these tunnels and you feed it to him unknowingly then you bring him back to the bunker he's the one he he like you know despite being injured he recovers very quickly he starts feeling great he starts feeling really strong then he starts feeling weird um this is all where you're knocked out by the way so you don't see any of this um and then he starts like losing control he's like you know he feels like he's going a little bit crazy like his body doesn't belong to him um, he's he transforms from because of the water that you fed him when you saved him he had turned into this he turns into this monster um and he ends up like killing he first kills the sergeant who everyone hates because he's like demanding everyone keep digging so he like absolutely eviscerates him like he rips him in half and all this shit um and then he ends up like killing everyone else you get to the game and by the end of it this you know this monster who is your friend is hunting you this whole time uh at the end there's a final boss where you have to like kind of outsmart him. Uh, outsmart the monster in this big arena to like escape um by using some physics and stuff like that there's different ways to do it but you can run out and then you get out of the bunker finally you push some rocks um you make it out and then the monster comes out and he sees out he comes out in the light he doesn't come attack you though he like runs off and then you see like some german soldiers like coming towards you and you're in this pit of like like full of dead french soldiers so you know like you're just about to get fucking killed essentially so it's really grim. <laughs> it's basically a super grim ending. Yeah, I think you could you could be captured. Probably be tortured. Yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, <laughs> could it's going to be a bad yeah, time. Yeah, basically, just really not. It's going to be a bad time. Yeah, I thought the story. I thought the setting was the strongest part. I thought the setting was really really awesome. This French this bunker in World War One, all of that was great. But I didn't. I thought the story was a little weak. Um, like I said when I was going through it. it it kind of doesn't come through super strongly um and it's just you know it's just kind of weird like you feed some dude some water and he becomes a monster and kills everyone um it's a bit so bit odd, i but... have a little bit to add there sure, and, sure. and this is this is partly to do with the other games because a lot of this is explained in previous amnesia games you can pretty much play any amnesia game without having played the previous ones the stories aren't like direct sequels, but they all take place in the same universe and they all have elements that continue, like some themes that continue across the series, but not just themes, some locations and some items that continue across uh, the series. So 
uh, that liquid that he feeds to his friend uh, is in Amnesia Rebirth. And it's a it's a fluid from like the shadow realm or other world that basically converts people into monsters. Um, And it's that's explained a lot in in Rebirth. That's a big part of Amnesia Rebirth. I want to hear Phil's perspective a little bit because I think you said you didn't read any of the notes. Then did any of the story come to you or? Um, no, it's funny. Well, I mean, I didn't know that the monster was my friend was the guy. Actually, I just kind of it's funny because I guess I'm not really sure what I thought was happening <laughs> at that point. Like, I just thought you just like wake up later and there's a monster ransacking randomly through the bunker. Like, you know what I mean? So that was my impression of it, and everybody's dead and. You know, I, I looked at half you know, most of the photos, I guess. So, I mean, I kind of got the impression there's obviously like something going on or experiments or like just something, you know, maybe the monster had been around for a while messing things up. I, I had the impression of, and somehow you just been knocked out or, or just not there or something the entire time, I thought. So, I didn't really grasp much more that, uh, of a story or more than that, though. It's just like a mystery that's just kind of. Almost like a Souls-like, like that's vaguely explained, right. yeah, but not too much. And you haven't. But I mean, I'm not gonna like. I'm not faulting it for that, right? Like that. I'm just saying. I just thought it was like a mystery. I I don't think I read every note. Obviously, there's notes probably that I missed. But I went back and read every. I guess there was no. Gra- I guess there. Oh, you did online. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think there was a gradual change, right? No. Like, like Lambert was feeling frisky and strong one day after he drank some some cosmic sludge and then the next day he was a like man killing monster um there was one note and like, i was there in and i i had like a physical change that people noticed not that people noticed so that's that was my issue is that no one mentioned this except for him but there is a note from himself that where he talks about how his body feels like it doesn't belong to him anymore and like how he's now like lusting to to do things that he shouldn't be and he's talking about how his, he feels like his hand has become mangled and he has no idea why um so there's a i didn't find it myself i just okay i, found it after I, I, I didn't get that note yeah then. i didn't but that sounds kind of like a an important one i guess i was kind of i kind of wanted uh if you remember the itchy tasty journal <laughs> entries from the original resident evil yep. where the guy's turning itchy, into a zombie tasty. slowly yeah. and each one like his his dialogue becomes a little bit right. more yeah one juven- more of juvenile that. or childlike yeah but uh yeah, a little bit more of that would have been nice mm. some characterization of yeah augustine i think some more characterization of just their friendship and their um would be nice too so what one thing that was mentioned early on uh i think in one of clement's journal entries was that that he felt like guilt yeah he was racked with guilt yeah. for doing something terrible. Mm-hmm. And I and I was wondering, like, I thought that was going to be a major point of the story. Like, what did he do? Like, oh. did he kill somebody or did, did he you not... injure somebody or did he hurt somebody? Did you not... No. Well, when I found, when I realized what it was, I was, I, I was pretty disappointed because essentially Clement, Henri Clement, is upset because he tricked his friend into having to go on patrol one night instead of him. But it, it was a game of chance anyway, so 50-50 that one of them was going to have to go, and he used sleight of hand on like a dice roll or something like that to make it so that Lambert would have to go. And then Lambert got uh, got injured and fell in the crater, and then 
all the events leading up to right or 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 potentially he maybe it's not just that maybe he felt bad for giving him the liquid but i don't no i don't think that was i don't it. think he no, no, knew no, at that no, point he definitely didn't i think it was just i think it was just that he tricked him into having to go on was, the patrol yeah. but like but it, it's because he thought really, he had died I, he thought the guy had died because of he he had tricked him to leave like that he it was reckless i don't i don't think that warrants enough especially considering the reason why he did it because he was saying like lambert was always pissing in his canteen <laughs> and putting lice in his bed like this guy like this guy's a jerk yeah. like it's like uh he's like johnny knoxville or something right, right. just constantly pranking pranking him yeah it was like his one he thought it was like his one chance to get back at his buddy uh, for all the shit that he had pulled on him maybe yeah maybe i'm a bad person but if that were me i, I think i would have been like whoo i'm glad i didn't go on that patrol <laughs> like, i kind of felt that way too I i'd be the dead yeah, one like, i guess you're right i was a little bit <laughs> i thought his reaction was a little bit and that i should have mentioned when i talked it wasn't really his fault like, when I, you know it wasn't his fault i should have mentioned at the start that that is what every sets everything in motion is this guilt that Clement feels for his friend going out and not he doesn't return and like no one else seems to care no one else seems to say anything about it or like really give a shit that Clement that Augustine could die could have died so he goes out on his own to try to find Augustine to help him um and to try to save him just because he has all this guilt um for 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 tricking him into it um that's that kind of all sets off but I think you're right uh I think his response is over uh over the top a little bit okay let's jump into the retrospective uh with dennis uh dennis i think you've played before you i mean you and you've played the other amnesia games maybe in the past but you played them specifically again or or for the first time maybe before you played this one so just to yeah give a little background uh amnesia the dark descent is the first um the first amnesia game and the first one that i've ever played and that i played a long time ago uh i didn't replay it for uh for this session but i did play the dlc for that game amnesia justine which is a pretty short game it can be completed in like an hour or two um i replayed that and i went back and uh played machine for pigs amnesia a machine for pigs which i had never played that was in my backlog and also the 2020 amnesia rebirth maybe we should um, just mention that machine for pigs actually wasn't developed by frictional games but the that was developed by the chinese room right um they did uh, develop the chinese room is the name of the developer not to develop in a Chinese room, <laughs> actual <laughs> Chinese factory. <laughs> but yeah, they developed the first um, one, Dark Descent, and Rebirth, and the one in between. It's sort of like a Bioshock it, Two thing. And Chinese room is probably most uh, famous for Dear Esther. That was theirs, mm, right? So, Dark Descent, Amnesia, Dark Descent is probably the most famous of the Amnesia games. There's many franchises that kind of aped what they were doing even resident evil uh borrowed i think from from that style of gameplay for their kind of reboot of the franchise with resident evil 7 uh and games like outlast layers of fear um right. basically alien isolation which we which we mentioned already uh i think they all owe a debt to that game 
but so shortly after Amnesia Dark Descent came out was a machine for pigs. It was like three years later, 2013. And this was a different developer. That game basically gets rid of any kind of gameplay mechanics, except for some light puzzles. It was very linear and you do some puzzles. Whereas Dark Descent actually did have, uh, it had tinder boxes, which were like matches that you used to light lanterns. It had a lantern with oil, and some puzzles, uh, so there was it was a little bit more involved. Uh, you had to hide in places from monsters. Rebirth, which came out ten years after Dark Descent, is kind of like a return to form, and they brought a lot of that back. And I think that was probably because of criticism. So matches replace tinder boxes. You have a lantern again. There's monsters that chase you. Story wise, it's a uh, there's a lot more story going on, I think, with Rebirth, and it's more directly involved rather than just finding notes and reading pieces of paper. You have that as well, but still has a kind of a linear feel to it, which is surprising now with uh, Amnesia the Bunker, I think. Right. Whereas Rebirth was kind of a return to form for Dark Descent. Bunker Bunker almost feels like um like a spin-off or something. It's It, it almost it doesn't feel like a direct sequel, but not, I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way like it's it's a good game and i think the gameplay is awesome but it feels it feels separate the way that you play it is the, very different from the main right? series it's just it, i would say it has more it has more in common gameplay wise with the penumbra games uh, mm-hmm. uh, i've only ever played the first penumbra but uh that game has a lot of similar elements uh to the bunker and and the way that you approach puzzles and traversal puzzles and that kind of thing um, one thing I, I want to, so especially because Rebirth is still fresh in my mind, I want to show it some love and, and recommend that as well. It's it's the only game I've ever played and that I know of where you play as a pregnant woman. Oh, wow. Uh, that's cool. That's, I think <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> and like, and, and you use the, one of the mechanics is holding on to the stomach oh. as a way of coping with fear when you're, wow. when your fear meter it's is like death stranding up. and she talks and she talks to her baby. Oh, nice. Um, That's pretty cool. So really, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that. And that game gives you a lot of lore. If you're interested in the lore, I would say Dark Descent and rebirth are more like direct mm. sequels to each other yeah that makes and sense that's that's where you get a lot of the backstory on so you, you noticed there was there was like floating rocks yeah. and things yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the tunnels area yeah. there was some weird stuff going on in the tunnels yep. and that a lot of that stuff is addressed in rebirth and and some of that is addressed in the dark descent also interesting interesting it's supposed to be some like alternate dimension or alien dimension world where um where magical evil orbs exist okay um and they spawn monsters and it's those evil orbs sweet nectar <laughs> of hell nectar that turns you into a monster interesting again the bunker has the the least amount of connections to the previous games that's why it feels less like a sequel and, and more like a side story i, I just want to know when they're going to turn this video game series into a Amazon Prime TV show. This 
so that basically covers our discussion. This was a kind of a long one today. We had a lot to say about this game, I think. Um, it's, you know, lots of praise, lots of praise for it, um, except for Phil, who didn't love it. I gave some pra- I gave some praise. I gave praise where I think praise was due. Let's so, let's let's get let's so let's let's go opinion. into our closing comments here. I just want to know if you thought it was worth your time and your money to to play this game. Let's start with you, Phil. I want to hear you on this. I think if you're a fan of survival horror games, then yes, I think you could enjoy it like that. Uh, it basically gives you classic Resident Evil vibe. I think the scary factor is there. Is there and um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's like if you enjoy those games, I think you would like it. But for me, you know, I don't maybe normally play those games besides Resident Evil or something like that, and I might want a bit more like an action uh, element for me personally. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't play that many survival horror games in general, and then maybe be a genre that I could. Or more, we're we're broaden, broadening your horizons, Phil, with this podcast. Yeah. Um, how about you, Dennis? Um, yeah, I'm 100 percent behind this game, and I I recommend it. But of course, I mean, if you're someone who doesn't like doesn't like to play horror games, is easily frightened and turned off by them, probably not worth your money because you won't finish it. Um, but if you can, you know, if, if you enjoy doing that and you can power through it it's it's definitely one of the best uh out there i think right now for giving you those scares i am and i am one of those people like i don't play horror games i've played the resident evil games um the remakes just because you know i felt like i had to in a sense and after getting older but when i was a kid no way i would never play that i watched my friend play resident evil way too scary for me and having this podcast it kind of forced me to play it and forced me to get through it i think i would have quit out pretty early if I didn't have to finish it. Um, but I'm so glad that I did. I'm really, really glad that I played through it and I got to the end. Um, I was so satisfied with it. It was such a great experience, um, as scary as it was. I mean, that's part of it. That's, that's what, you know, that's part of the enjoyment. People like that feeling of getting scared. It's really exhilarating. And that's what this game was. Um, so I would I would agree. I'll say it, it was a relief. It was a relief. Oh man, to finish. it was such a relief to that. finish. I was so happy to to get out. Even though the I was like, even the Germans were here to kill me. I was like, yay! <laughs> I'm really glad you're here. Human enemies. Yeah, <laughs> yes, actual people. No dark bunker, and you know the sun <laughs> and like dead bodies all over me. I don't care. I'm just happy to be sure, guys. Uh, you can you can arrest me, yeah. take me to jail. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was happy, and then like yeah, I mentioned the game invites you to play again, and I was just like, absolutely not. I'm not playing this again. I'm too terrified. But um, it was a great experience. Highly recommended. Absolutely worth it. Super fun. Really scary. Um, I think even if you don't enjoy horror games, if you just have the slightest interest in you know trying something new, to play this game. It's great for that and you can finish it quite quickly if you you know if you put your mind to it it's currently on game pass it is on game pass yeah there's a lot of elements that in the game that you will find in other games but i don't think any other games put them together to create this kind of a game uh, in the same way that does yes i would Um, agree so it's it's unique in that way and uh worth considering i think and if you have game pass there's no reason not to try it at least give it an hour or so
Okay, well, yeah, that's that's that about wraps it up for our discussion on Amnesia the Bunker. Um, let us know what you think about this game if you've played it or um, if you want to play it. Uh, let us know. Uh, for our next episode, we plan on playing a game that Phil chose. Dennis chose the first one, I chose this one, and Phil chose the next one, and then that one's called Humanity, which I don't know very much about. But um, yeah, you have that to look forward to. I think it's much more lighthearted than this. Should be a little bit happier, hopefully. And where to find us? So you can find us on on all podcast platforms. Basically, we're on all those. That's where all our main content is. But we're also on Twitter at Bite Sized Games. Same spelling as the uh, name of the podcast, with the exception that the S at the end of games is actually a Z. And then also you can email us if you'd like at uh, bitesizedgames.info at gmail.com. And of course, that keeps the same bite-sized games spelling B-Y-T-E. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you in the next episode.